Please be seated. Just going to read to you from uh, Mark's Gospel. And this is in, in Mark chapter 4. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, that's Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Verse 36 of Mark chapter 4. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. In the boat, there were other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We'll focus on uh, this part of that reading, the first two verses that I read to you from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and 36. Just picking up on the journey that God wants to have with each and every one of us. There's the personal journey of our relationship with him, becoming more like him. That's the journey that we're on. That's what a Christian is about, really, is that we would day by day grow in deeper intimacy with Jesus, knowing him. Knowing him. But then there's also the part of the journey as us as a a fellowship, as a the gathering of God's people, the family, the Jesus family here in this place. And, and to us as individuals and to us as a church, there is a call. And I believe the call is written here. Jesus says, let us go to the other side. Let's not stay where we are at this moment in time, but let's go to the other side. Because... Jesus is saying, I believe there's more. We may be happy with where we are and what we've got, but God is saying, let's not stay in this place because there is more. The beautiful thing about a relationship with Jesus is that there is no point in time when we can say, we've made it. We're sorted. Job's done. I am completely sorted sanctified, redeemed, all done and dusted. Well, that purity that God desires over us can only come when we find ourselves face to face with him, when we are, I believe, uh, exalted and promoted to see him in glory. But whilst we're here on earth, we have a, a movement that we've got to maintain And that movement is to move to that place on the other side, to to get to that place where we're drawing near to him. Because if we can say in our prayer life we're sorted, then we're missing out on the discovery, the adventure of prayer. If we can say that, uh, do you know, Lord, I've got you nailed down now. I know where you're going. I know what you're doing. I'm, I'm done. But the other side, you see, I believe, is God moving us to a place where we have surprises. 
And I love my relationship with Jesus because my relationship with Jesus brings me into constant surprises. The other side may be the point of victory where that sin, that activity, that thought life or action that has become a habit is broken. And we find ourselves free. I'm not there yet, but I'm moving towards it. That's going to be my other side experience. My other side experience is when I stop thinking about what I want when I come in and worship, but recognise it's not about me, it's all about him. And when I can come in and find myself in any uh, tradition, any expression of worship, and find that actually I'm absolutely captivated by the presence of Jesus, rather than caught up in, in criticism. That may be the other side. Some of us, the other side will look different to others of us. But I believe this is not just a suggestion from Jesus. As he's speaking to the disciples, he says, when evening came, he says, let's go to the other side. There was no negotiating on this. There wasn't, let's have a little bit of a chat about it. Hands up who want to stay here. Hands up who want to go to the other side. We're going. That's the option that God gives. We are going. But there's some questions I think we need to ask ourselves when we want to think about what about going to the other side spiritually. Here's here's the first one. Before I'm heading out, is there some stuff that I need to stop? Is there some things that I need to uh, forsake? Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat There were also other boats with him. Leaving the crowd. There was a point here where something has to be left behind. Now, in our discipleship journey, we've got to recognise that everything that we are is not everything that we need. Let me explain that a little bit for you. Only recently we moved house. And uh, when we moved house... We moved out of our house to put our stuff into storage before we found the place that God was going to be calling us to. And uh, we just give thanks that God called us to Amazing Stoke. But before we moved down here, we had to put our stuff in storage. And when you put your stuff in storage, there's this little bit that comes on alongside and says, every crate's going to cost you money. So the less stuff you put in storage, the cheaper it's going to be which means then there needs to be some stuff left behind. Has anybody here, have have you visited your attic recently? (laughs) Attics. Attics like store places of stuff that you don't need. Uh, We went up into our attic before we started to pack stuff, and I was looking up there, and I'm thinking to myself, the TV box that we've got up in our attic We actually don't actually have that TV anymore. There's the box for a VHS recorder. We've moved on, haven't we? Not only to DVDs, but now to Blu-rays. And now it all comes in digital. But you never know when you might need it. And there's those things that are up there that you used to have three of, but now you've only got one. And there's some stuff up there you've got no idea what it was for, but it might come in handy. 
But you know, to, for us to move on with freedom, for us to be able to move out and on, we had to get rid of some stuff. We had to release, release it. Some of it we released to the recycling. Some of it we released to uh, the free ads in the local paper. But there was a sense that we needed to leave some stuff behind. When Jesus says to us, it's time to move on, it's time to go over to the other side, we have to stop for a moment. Maybe, maybe it, it's a sin issue. Maybe there's something that's part of your life that you keep hitting against again and again and again and you've not got it sorted. So let's, uh, let me give you a secret. Here's a secret. Some of the sin things that we get tangled up in, the only reason that they have a stronghold over us is because we give it to them. Let me just add something else to that. The moment that you find yourself in a place of accountability where you're willing to show and share your weakness is the moment that the permission is broken and freedom very often comes. I remember in a leadership meeting, somebody saying to me a number of years ago, all this stuff about accountability. I, I don't like airing my dirty washing. I don't, like, I don't feel it's right that you should know all the secrets that are happening in my life. And I just said, you know what? It's absolutely fine. But I believe you've got the wrong understanding of accountability. Let me give you my understanding of accountability. God has a word over your life. God has a destiny set for you to fulfill. If you come to me and say, Dave, I want to be accountable to you, what I'm doing, what you're giving me permission to do, is to see that word over you, that destiny call on your life, and then step back and look around you and see everything that may be influencing you that's going to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. You see, when somebody comes to me and says, Dave, I, I would love to stand with you, and would you stand with me that I would be accountable to you? It's not that I want to know all your dirt, although very often that stuff comes. What I want to know is I want to know your destiny. I want to know what God's call is on your life. And I want to be able to stand with you on the journey of crossing over to the other side and making sure nothing is going to hinder that. You see, when it comes to forsaking some things, it may very well be that thing that's hidden. That thing that you've carried for a long time. It might be a resentment. It might be bitterness towards someone. It may be unforgiveness. Something happened to you. And you've held on to unforgiveness. And it may be in tears. And may take time. But when forgiveness comes, you'll find that you start to travel to the other side with a bit more haste. Some things may have to turn around. You might have to relook at your schedule. What do I do with my time? How do I find time? You see, we said to the church here, come on, let's spend 40 hours. We'll start at 6 o'clock on Friday evening, and we're going to do 40 is a significant number. Ever want to do a Bible study? Whenever you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what to do uh, Bible study-wise, look up 40s. Find out all the places that 40 happened. There's 40 years in the wilderness. You've got 40 days Jesus being tempted. There's others. But you know what? For anyone who wanted to take seriously the call for 40 hours of prayer, it just didn't fit in. I don't know if it worked for you. In my life, it did not fit in. So we had to make room. 
So we come down here, it's silly o'clock. We thought, well, when else would anyone else not want to come? So we'll put ourselves in the place that's not definitely going. I don't know if anybody's been around our house and, and checked out. We've got the best bed. <laughs> I tell you, when I get into that bed and I put my head on that pillow, I am in the land of nod in no time at all. It is comfortable, it is cosy. But you know, when you want to go to the other side, you have to resent, put aside, forsake the bed and move into another place. Scheduling. Do you know, what's happening in my time schedule? Can I be involved in a small group? Can I serve in the church context? Is there some way that I can help in this community? The only way it can happen is if we turn around and say, do you know, I'm going to throw my schedule in the air and say, Lord, would you take over with this? I want, I want to do what you want to do. And here's another one. Someone. Sometimes it's somebody else stops you from walking into your destiny, moving over to the other side. People are in relationships that they shouldn't be in. This is something that I used to find again and again as I counselled young people. Some people are not in the right relationship. Here's a, here's a little clue. The Bible talks about not, um, not being yoked with unbelievers. I don't know if you've ever picked that up. Have you ever known about that? People who are saved, who are Christ followers, who are, are Jesus lovers, putting themselves into a relationship with somebody who isn't. Now, you always come across a scenario where that works out for the better. And I've known people who've taken on the ministry of dating. They specifically dated non-Christians so that they could lead them to Christ. I don't know whether any of that really worked. But it might be that you find yourself in a relationship that you shouldn't be in, but also in a friendship circle that you shouldn't be in. You see, I always remember uh, the youth group that I went to when I first got saved, somebody getting a chair and somebody standing on the chair. Do you remember doing this? You might have done this. Somebody stood on a chair, and the person on the chair is the Christian, and the person on the floor is the non-Christian. And the question is asked, you know, is it easier for you to pull the person up onto the chair or easier for the person on the ground to pull you down onto the floor? Well, we all know it's easier to pull you off than it is to pull up. Is somebody in a relationship, in a connection, pulling you off? Therefore, they need to be forsaken. It needs to be a change. And you can do it nicely. Texting works. Move it on. <laughs> so the Jesus says, stuff has got to be forsaken. And the next thing is then, uh, we could ask ourselves, uh, looking at these verses, well, what, what will it take? The, this is what the scripture says here. It says, that day, the, in the evening come, he said, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. Oh, look, here's the question, isn't it? What will I take? What will I forsake? What will I take? Let's go back. What will I take? Take Jesus with you. If you want to go to the other side, here's the key. Jesus, they took Jesus with them. Remember to take Jesus with you. Sometimes that can be a little bit tricky if the place that you're going is not a place that Jesus would like to go. He'll go, but he'll feel uncomfortable. But here's the key. When we take Jesus with us, remember the Jesus that you're taking with you. There's some certain characteristics. Read the Bible. Here's a good start. There's four books of the Bible that give you a really clear picture of who Jesus is, his character, the ways he thinks and, and what he does. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. They're just beautiful. 
I love Mark because he gets to the point quickly. I love John because all the way through John, John is pointing us to Father through Jesus. A little bit longer in Matthew, a little bit longer in Luke. But when we immerse ourselves, we get to know who Jesus is. And there's some things that we need to recognise about Jesus. When we take Jesus with us, Jesus hates sin. Jesus also, there's some things about Jesus, he loves those who are hard to love. So when you're going over to the other side and you're taking Jesus with you, you're going to find yourself taking the Son of God who loves the unlovable. Lord, help me. Help me to love. How about this then? We'll be taking with us the one who forgives unconditionally. You see, he is faithful. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. He forgives us our sins, and the Bible says that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's pretty inclusive. So if we're saying, you know what, I'm not going over there, Lord, because those people, and yet we're taking Jesus, we've got to recognise that we can love on those people. Hating sin, loves those hard to love, forgives aggressively seeks those who are hurting. He doesn't make excuses for sin. He doesn't only love those who we love. He never holds a grudge. So when we move to the other side, then we've got to remember who we're taking with us. We're taking Jesus. We get to know the Jesus we're taking. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. That's the thing. It was just how he was. It wasn't how they made him to be. It was just as he was. Into the boat. And there were other boats with them. Here's the next thing. What impact will I make? There's the third point. If I'm going with Jesus, I'm putting this behind me. I'm remembering who I'm taking with me. But what impact is that going to make? And you see, once we start to move to the other side, amazing things start to happen. Some questions. How will it impact my pursuit? If I pursue a relationship with Jesus, others will be watching. Am I aware that others are watching me? These other boats were there. It says in in the scripture that there were other people watching. Remember, that we are being watched. Your problems. You'll start to make an impact when people see the way that you deal with issues around you. When you somehow, miraculously, are able to cope with stuff that other people are unable to cope with, others will turn to you and say, oh, how did you do that? I didn't do it on mine. You've heard me talk about going to church. Well, going to church means that actually I'm in a friendship, relationship with Jesus and he's with me and he's he's helped me. I'm dealing with stuff in a way that other people won't deal with stuff because he's with me. And then there's recognising as well that when when you start to walk out with Jesus, when you move into the other side, that stuff comes along that is not that great. Uh, I, I can remember, you know, being called member of the God Squad and, you know, do you wear socks with sandals and all that sort of malarkey. It was a, a 
jokey sort of stuff. I, I always remember, I, I think one of my, my first memories was actually my mum and saying to me when I'd given my life to Christ and I said that I'm now a Christian, I want to go to church. And I remember she said to me, she said, oh, it's a phase you're going through. Just a phase. Phase. It's okay, and then when somebody really close to you says it, and you think, actually, it's not a phase. This is a, an amazing relationship that I'm having, and my heart's desire and passion is that you would have it too. Persecution. You might remember what happened to Stephen. I know we don't do a lot of stoning these days. Well, not in this context. But uh, it says in, in Acts 7, it says, then he fell on his knees, this is Stephen, and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He's been... Stones and rocks being lobbed at him. When he said this, he fell asleep. God just took his life. And Saul was there. This is uh, Acts 8, verse 1. Saul was there giving approval to his death. But it made an impact because Saul has an encounter with Jesus. He becomes Paul. He becomes one of the most influential missionaries that we could ever know. There was Saul watching. So here's the question, will we be willing to go to the other side? When evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. When the morning was coming to the end at Basingstoke Baptist Church, Jesus said to you, let's keep moving. Let's not stay where we are, let's go on a journey together. The journey was a simple journey, They left everything behind. They said, well, we can't take everything with us. We're going to leave some stuff behind. What have you got to leave behind so that you can walk in step with Holy Spirit? There's some stuff we've got to leave behind. And they took him along just as he was. What does Jesus look like? You see, when we were gathering here over the last 40 hours, coming into this place, I was coming to meet with Jesus. I was coming to hear what he had to say to us as individuals and also to us as a church together. And everything that he has to say is all talking about love and compassion and outreach and influence and relationship and body and care and concern. That's who we take with us but also recognising the influence that we have on others around us. Here we are on an amazing journey as a church. We're leaving stuff behind, we're taking Jesus with us, but we're recognising there's some impact. And I believe that God is leading us to be a church of even greater influence and impact in this community. So, would you respond to Jesus today? We're going to gather around the Lord's table. And as you take communion, as you take the bread and the cup today, my desire would be that you would ask yourself the question, when Jesus says, let's go to the other side, in taking the bread and the cup today, you're going to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm coming. We're going to prepare ourselves for communion We're going to sing a song and then the deacons are going to gather with me or the leaders gather with me or whoever is here to to serve today. Then we have the uh, fantastic joy of bringing a couple of people into membership as well, which is awesome. So let's stand together. Let's sing.